Today, we're gonna to be talking about Amazon Prime Day strategies for your PPC, Amazon stores and the importance of running ads to them, and video ads, and so much more. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. If you're like me, maybe you were intimidated about learning how to do Amazon PPC. Or maybe you think you just don't have the hours and hours that it takes to download and sort through all of those sponsored ads reports that Amazon produces for you. Adtomic for me allowed me to learn PPC for the first time. And now I'm managing over 150 PPC campaigns across all of my accounts in only two hours a week. Find out how Adtomic can help you level up your PPC game. Visit h10.me forward slash Adtomic for more information. That's h10.me forward slash A-D-T-O-M-I-C. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. My name is Carrie Miller, and I'm your host today for Tacos Tuesday, which is our monthly podcast where we talk about all things PPC and answer your questions live. So let's go ahead and get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Tacos Tuesday. I have a very special guest who we've actually never had before. So I'm really excited to have her, Melissa from Pro Profitable Pineapple. She's the fiduciary account manager. Thanks so much for joining me, Melissa. Yeah. Hi, Carrie. It's really great to meet you. I'm super yeah. excited. Yeah. I just wanted to kind of get into, you know, your background and, you know, see who you are so that everyone in the audience can get to know you. And uh, yeah, so... Definitely. So uh, I started on the Amazon platform about eight or nine years ago as a data assistant. So I started cleaning search term reports before I even knew what a search term report was. Um, I've always been really good with spreadsheets and, and admin, things like that. So oh, awesome. I had, I'd started there uh, with a fairly well-known um, Amazon guru and just uh, cleaning data for her and saving her some time and efficiency on that kind of stuff. And then I started asking questions and I started saying, you know, what are these reports and what do you do with them? And how does this tie in? And what do you do with all these other things? And um, she was so great. She kind of took me under her wing, taught me everything that I know uh, to the point that at one, like we were building courses and teaching. So some people wow. might recognize me from that. I was very blonde then though, like in 2018, <laughs> 2019. Um, I was very blonde then. So that maybe they don't recognize me, but um, yeah, I used to run Q and A's for a pretty well-known course that a lot of people have taken and um, really started just getting into all of the aspects of running an Amazon account from uh, advertising to inventory to issues with support and all of that. So really have like a, a pretty unique and well-rounded uh, experience and skill set. But uh, advertising has always been kind of my main focus. So I would say definitely expert level advertising. But gosh, if you've been on Working with Amazon for as long as I have, I think you've probably seen just about everything. Um, so uh, in the meantime, you know, COVID hit and everything kind of went a little crazy. And so I'd, I'd gone off on my own and uh, I was managing some clients just who knew me through the course and through some other things and just recognized me. And um, then I started working with different agencies, doing some consulting, doing some account management, um, really just depended on what their needs were. And then uh, most recently jumped on with uh, Profitable Pineapple. Uh, so I know that you guys have had Adam and Travis on before. So uh, working with them and their team and they are absolutely fantastic. So 
Yeah, I'm so excited. Uh, yeah, they they are great. We've um, we've had Dr. Travis on here before, so uh, yes, uh, and I know lots of people really uh, like his teachings. He's been in our elite group too. So yeah. I want to get started though because today is Prime Day. So Prime Day, <laughs> yay! Um, so I wanted to uh, you know just see if you had any tips or anything that you wanted to talk about in regards to Prime Day, and if you guys have any questions in the audience about. Prime Day, uh, let us know uh, what PPC questions you have in regards to, you know, what what kind of strategies you should be using, or if you have any questions of something that's going on right now, go ahead and drop those in the chat. Yeah, definitely. So uh, first of all, everybody breathe, because I know that Prime Day is like very, very exciting and nerve wracking and oh my gosh, it's this big thing. Um, take a breath. Everybody's going to be okay. The day is here and tomorrow will come too. Um, Main strategies for Prime Day are really just manage what you've already got going. Um, I really do tell a lot of people, you know, look at the history of your campaigns. Um, look at how they've done in the previous 30 or 60 days. Not necessarily... Um, not necessarily when they've announced Prime Day, because then you start to get into the the shoppers are clicking, they're adding to cart, but they're waiting for Prime Day to purchase because they want to see that that discount bar pop up when they go into their cart this morning. I know I'm guilty of the same thing. <laughs> do avoid ads, though, you know, business ethics and things like that. Um, but I, I looked in my cart this morning to see kind of what was on sale and what was going on with that. So I, I think that's becoming a lot more popular than it had been previously. So one thing that we did see quite a bit across the board was a lot of clicks, higher ACOS with these weeks coming up to Prime Day because mm -hmm. everybody's just shopping and they're looking to see, you know, what that deal is going to be then. So um, I like to base performance on like, uh, I would say like May 1st to the end of June. So looking at that, is your ACOS okay? Is it a, is a campaign that's converting or a target that's converting for you? Generally on Prime Day, um, you know, you're going to see the same kind of thing. You're going to be able to convert then um, and get those sales coming through at that point. So that's how I kind of trust the trust my metrics in the system and trust my decision making in increasing budgets or you know increasing bids because that attribution so delayed you're not seeing exactly what's coming in and those numbers look really really scary right off the bat um, so really looking at that history uh, that history to see where you should be increasing those budgets and increasing those bids at to see where you've already won yeah so do you have like a calculation of how much you should increase the budget or do you think it's a good idea to do it quite a bit or what? Like, what um, usually the well-performing campaigns, I do about 20 to 30% increase right off the bat. Like I've got it ready okay. to go. I know that I want to spend more there because they are say five, 10, 15% under the ACOS that I'm comfortable with. I already know that they perform well on their own. Um, and then I just really watch them throughout the day. I log in, you know, every hour, every couple hours, what's still in budget, what's almost out of budget. Is it one of those really well-performing campaigns or is it not? What are the metrics? It's, it's so many things. What do the metrics look like today? Um, is it something that's never performed before? If it's something that's never performed well before, I generally don't give it more budget than I've already had because yeah. then you're going to just see a higher A cost. You're going to see more spend come in on something that you don't have any you know, um, history or data that's going to convert. You're just really testing on a day that has the highest traffic you know, that Amazon has. Um, and that can be, it can be, a, it can be a reward, but it's a huge risk to try to get there. And it's certainly not guaranteed. Do you think there's a certain placement? Like, do you think video ads do better on Prime Day? Is there a certain kind of strategy with just placement too, or do you um, just go with what you already have? I usually just go with what I already have, except for maybe not necessarily video, but sponsored display. So one of the strategies mm -hmm. that we've really kind of leaned heavy in for, um, 
for Prime Day is sponsored display remarketing for views remarketing in the last seven and 14 days. Because so many people have been shopping lately and they're viewing, they might be adding to cart, but maybe they didn't. They just looked at it. Um, remarketing to them right now and showing them that you have a deal on it. They've already seen it. It'll get that um, light bulb in their head to say, oh, I recognize that. I was looking at that. And now it's 25% off or 50% off. Awesome. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to do. So um, for these two days, I, I really lean heavily into that seven and 14 day remarketing. And then the post prime day strategy that I've been using is to also run that same kind of remarketing, but only down to seven days and then keep a coupon on it. It can be a little coupon, oh. five, 10%, but show the customer that even if they didn't purchase on prime day, they're not totally missing out on a deal. So that's something too, that we are, um, I've seen it work, but we're testing it in a few different categories now. Um, but you know, a lot of people are going after those really high ticket items on prime day, mm -hmm. whether they get them or not, they might feel like they've really missed out the days after, but they're looking, if you can get them on those remarketing because they've looked and not purchased, that's usually where I like to go. That's really smart uh, mm -hmm. to do the remarketing. I, yeah, hopefully everyone was listening to that. And uh, I, I actually noticed just in my own sales, the sales, you know, when we kept the coupon on, they, they, mm -hmm. they continue to be kind of prime day numbers. The, the yeah. Yeah. You definitely see that so. velocity transfer over the next, um, I would say probably like a week, maybe even 10 days, 10 days seems like a stretch, wow. but um, through the weekend for sure. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Okay. It looks like we've got some questions rolling hey. in. Uh how can we control, this is from Asim, how can we control ACOS in a new listing? So controlling ACOS in a new listing is going to depend on how much you want to spend and what those CPCs are going to do. Um, you really want to decide what your strategy is for that. Do you want to gain organic rank on a couple of keywords and really go really heavy into those? Or are you trying to span that out across a larger number of keywords to really just see where uh, you can get those conversions and testing? So the ACOS is going to heavily rely on what you're willing to pay for that traffic and whether you have any data on whether it can convert. So I guess if it's a new listing, you probably don't have any of that um, historical data for targets unless it's like a variation or something similar to what you've already done. Um, but I would definitely say controlling that spend is going to be your best way of controlling your ACoS. All right. Um, thank you. Yeah, it says uh, his next comment says when we start PPC in a new listing, the ACoS is much too high. So, yeah, I guess it depends on. Yeah. So what I generally say is, you know, if your ACoS is really high, your, and it really does depend on how much you're spending. So you can you can have 100% ACoS on a $20 product when you spent $21. The ACoS is a little misleading at that point because you really haven't spent that much money on it. And if you have, you know, a $2 click or a $3 click or $2 or $3 CPC, you're only testing that on, you know, 8 to 10 clicks to try to get that version. Um, but you really need to look at some more things within your listing. You know, do you have any ratings? Is it uh, possible to add it as a variation to see those ratings to gain more traffic? Um, there's a lot of different variations or variables within there that uh, that you can kind of play with a little bit. But I would definitely say um, if you're trying to control ACOS, definitely control that CPC and what you're spending. All right. Thank you for that one. Okay. Yeah. So what KPIs do you use to stop a campaign based on the underlying PPC strategy? Um, I guess I would have a just kind of a follow up for that. Is it a ranking campaign? Are you trying to go after organic rank or go after knocking off specific competitors to gain some BSR? Um, there's a few different things in there. I generally always look at tacos. I'm It's Tacos Tuesday, but I'm big on tacos. So if I have some campaigns in there that I'm really trying to rank for organically, I'm okay with those being a little bit higher on the ACOS side um, because I'm looking for overall sales and I'm looking for those organic sales to come in 
if it's a really competitive keyword, you're going to have to spend the money on it to get up there. Um, and that's really the only way that you're going to start getting those sales if you're using strictly Amazon advertising. Okay. Um, okay. So he has another question. Um, have you ever run uh, SP and SB campaigns for the same keyword at the Absolutely. same time? Hundred percent. Yep. So essentially, what you're doing is you're showing the uh, you're showing the consumer that you are incredibly relevant, or you believe you're incredibly relevant for this keyword, that you're the best product there. So get that headline um, for that keyword. Get those sponsored product spots. You could even do a sponsored brand video and take another spot within that page. Um, yeah, we've for sure done that for you know full search page domination. Awesome. Uh, okay, he has another one. Uh, do you increase the bid by X percent in campaigns for TOS visibility? Um, are we talking, I'm assuming we're talking uh, top of search boost or let's see here. If we're doing top of search boost, yes, I, I use top of search boost all the time. Um, if you're looking to try to get some more visibility, but you're not comfortable really putting that CPC super high, the top of search boost percentage is a great way to do that. All right. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he said, yeah, the, the tacos is the truth at the end. <laughs> very true. Yep. The tacos are very, very important. So I want to talk a little bit about um, video campaigns because I think a lot of people, um, I, I get questions about this because they're like, oh, I don't have enough money to make a video. And I don't, you know, I don't know how to make a video, but in my experience, very simple videos have done really well. So can you give us some insights on just video ads and what you think works best for video yeah, ads? Definitely. Amazon has a video builder. If you don't have any, any experience with it, Amazon has a video builder within um, campaign manager that they can do that. You can also hire it out. Um, Amazon has their content creators and different things that you, if you want to spend some money to do a really good one, you can certainly do that. Um, but I really find that it's the visual that brings everyone in and it needs to be something really quick. So you have to catch their attention right away because what they're doing is scrolling and you want to get them to stop scrolling. So they could scroll right by, you know, if it's a very, you know, blurred, there's no words. It's just like a product that's like zoomed in and zoomed out. It's probably not super interesting to what they're looking for. Um, but that's why I like to say, uh, the, it kind of ties into the question before, if you've got the headline, you've got the sponsored product, and then they see it again as a video, that's three times now that they've seen it within the same search, they're likely to click on that. So um, I would definitely say something that really punches out right away within the first couple seconds, you really want to get their attention to get them looking at that. So that's going to be the most important part. Um, I've, I've worked with quite a few clients that are you know, they want the ad to tell a story and they want their ad to show them this and this. And I said, you know, the idea that people are watching 45 seconds of an Amazon ad is is, is fairly low. I mean, some of them do, but most of them don't. You, you really want to just catch them right off the bat and go, oh, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Have them click on it and then get that sale from them. Yeah, like maybe they're put their top selling point right there or exactly what exactly whatever that benefit is that your product offers that you think makes it way better than everybody else. Put it right in their face, put it bold, bright and ready to go. Yeah. Something I think could be a good uh, place to look for inspiration is uh, if they have it, TikTok is really good. Those virals videos mm -hmm. that they have, the people who go viral, they usually have some really good attention getter right at the beginning. Yep. And it's the same idea. Just you got to get something that, and they do a lot of product sales on TikTok. Mm -hmm. So uh, really something to think about, maybe add that kind of what, what is it? What is the best thing that my product has to offer and what, uh, you know, what can I do to really stand out? So yeah, definitely. Uh, I feel I feel like all of those uh, all of those start with like 
someone like yelling. They all start <laughs> with somebody so yelling nice. about the issue that your product is going to solve. And then they get into how your product solves it. Um, yeah. I know I've caught myself a few times watching them and not even realizing that I've watched an ad until yeah. I'm like 10 seconds into it. And I'm like, oh, they got me. They really did get me on that one. So yeah, they um, really do. yeah it's something like right off the bat that really kind of grabs them, shows them what your product can do right away. But um, I think you definitely see a longer viewability in TikTok than you do on an Amazon ad. People don't yeah. quite scroll the same way um, right. on the Amazon ad as they do. But what I do love about the Amazon ad is how much space it takes up before yeah. they get to more of your competitors. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Here's another question for you. Um, say you were to take over a new account. Okay. And, um, mm -hmm. And this new account, they've not been doing well and they they need some help to really boost their sales and their, you know, their their tacos are out of control. What are some strategies? What are the first things that you do to kind of, you know, when you take on a new account to really optimize it and just start improving upon mm -hmm. the account? Yep. So uh, I first take a look at where they're bleeding money. So what are they trying to spend money on that where they're not converting? What do those targets look like? Are they relevant? Or are they not relevant? If they are relevant, why aren't they converting? tie that back to the listing, take a look. Are they, is it in the title? Is it in the bullets? Are they indexing for it? You know, really looking at where those huge issues are right away and then stopping it. So we might need to get back to it later, but let's make sure that for the time being, let's run on what we know works um, rather than doing too much testing. I think that a lot of new accounts, um, when they first get started, if they don't have the knowledge, it is all a test but you really need to like dial it back just a little bit because you are just throwing things out there, letting Amazon spend your money and not necessarily knowing where you're going to convert if you don't have any historical data. So um, I love using long tail keywords that are super relevant. They don't have as much, they don't have as high a search volume, but you can get them a lot cheaper, start getting those conversions in and then expand from there to go a little bit broader with those. Um, get the organic rank going, get those reviews going. Um, that's where I like to start with maybe like a new listing, um, but making sure that with in a new account that they're also working on that too. Um, I also like to look at their negatives. Have they added any negatives? Are they spending a bunch of money in auto campaigns that they ne they shouldn't necessarily be? Uh, it's another point that I would look at. And then I really start to optimize um, starting with their bestseller. So uh, everybody's got a bestseller or a number one product, a uh, hero product that they have. Start with that and then really do really good keyword research, really good competitive analysis, making sure you have all the targets that you should be on um, and do that profitably. Mm -hmm. So if you can be a little bit more competitive where you want to rank, put the spend there. If you want to test out some more stuff because they don't have enough historical data, span it out a little bit. But I've had new accounts come to me, you know, with they're trying to go after 20, 30, 40 targets, and I've brought it down to two or three and just okay. said, this is where we're focusing that money. This is where we know we convert. Let's get that organic rank up and then let's start expanding. Okay. So you, how, like, how quickly do you usually expand those keywords? You know, when you, you've narrowed it down, uh, do you just put them in different campaigns or do you, yep. how do you? So I like to put them in out? different campaigns. Um, so I like to, if, if a campaign is performing poorly, I'm totally fine shutting it off. If it has really good history though, I really like to try to save it. So if it's got good history, you know, let's say, You've got a manual campaign. It's got all exact keywords in there, and there's 10 keywords. There's two in there that perform really, really, really well. Everything else is terrible. They perform at a good A cost. They bring in the most orders. That one I could save, turn everything off, pick the best seller, and change that into like a single key phrase campaign. So just using that one for that, I would save the history there, move the second one to its own, and see how it does by itself. 
Um, that's really the best way for you to control the uh, top of search boost, the product page boost, the budget, the CPC to determine how much you should be spending on each of those. Um, so if you're going for organic rank, that's where I really like to push that uh, in those single keyword campaigns. Wow. So you just have literally just one keyword in each one keyword in a campaign per product, because um, that's really the only way that you can attribute the right sales to it or attribute the in the right metrics and decide if this is going to work for you or not. And when you expand out, are you doing more single word campaigns? Or are you going to add to those campaigns? I've done both. So it really depends on how the how the product and how the account has taken to the single key phrase campaign. If it took a little bit to get it going, I'll probably start another manual campaign with four or five keywords in it that I want to test, see how those do in there, and then start picking them out. Um, one thing that I don't do, though, is I'll shut it off in there, but I never negative it. Like If it's a good keyword okay. and it can pull from there, if you can get it cheaper in an auto campaign, get it cheaper in an auto campaign. You don't need to put a negative in there as long as it's still relevant. Okay, very good advice. Mm -hmm. So DSP, uh, I've had actually some people ask me, you know, when they should just, you know, move into DSP. They're not really sure if it's worth it or how they can really see if it's working for them. So can you give us some insights on, you know, when you might want to consider DSP, how you know it's working and, you know, what, what you should DSP is a big yeah. commitment. So DSP <laughs> needs, it needs a good amount of spend to work. So I will say that right away. I mean, if you can commit to, um, you know, the thousands of dollars that it takes to get DSP running, I've, I've personally tried to, in the last couple of years, tried to run some DSP campaigns, uh, with an agency that we were working with, um, with really low budgets, like 500 or a thousand dollars a month. And they don't work. They just don't get the traffic they should. They don't yeah. get the conversions they should. You really need to be in a place where you can test that and you have the commitment for that spend. Um, if you're confident in your product that you can use that type of placement and use that type, um, I would definitely do it because we we have for sure seen it be super successful where it's appropriate. Um, but it's not a it's not a beginner's game. That DSP mm -hmm. is something that you know you really need to get into. And uh, just speaking from previous experience. Um, if you're working with a DSP account manager, don't be afraid to push back a little bit. Push okay. back a little bit. Tell them where you want your product to be. Tell them what your competitors are. Tell them where you don't want your product to be or what who your competitors aren't. Um, I know that some of the ones that we've done previously, we almost did them as like an entire campaign build in a spreadsheet and sent it over. And we were like, this is the only place that we want to be. Please don't spend our money elsewhere. Um, okay. So that's, I mean, that's something that we have done before. It takes a little bit of a, an edge and a little push, but um, it's certainly doable. What do you think the minimum spend should be just to give people an idea because I know you said definitely not 500 to 1,000. Not 500 but... or 1,000. I've heard 10K is okay. a minimum for most. I've heard okay. that. I've seen it work for five. Mm -hmm. But I would not, I mean, if you're not willing to spend like two or 3K at least and be prepared to not see super awesome results at that, I would wait until you can get to the point where you can do five or 10,000. We, we just started some DSP and it seems like it's working, but our, our budget's 5k. So yeah, yep. um, I would say, I would say right around there is a comfortable spot to start. I would be worried about, about anything a little bit less than that. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. All right. So we have some more questions here. Mm -hmm. uh, do you calculate your bid price or just choose something in between the suggested price range mentioned by Amazon? Um, depends on how important profitability is for you and where you're at in your sales journey for your product. If it's a new product and you really need the, and you really need the traffic to get going, you're going to have to use that suggested bid price. If your margins don't allow for you to be within that suggested bid price, all you're going to do is just like 
slowly bleed money over a long period of time because you're really not getting a lot of traffic. Um, you really want to push out there and get out there right away uh, to make sure that you take advantage of that honeymoon period that Amazon gives you right off the bat. So I would say at the beginning of the product's life, you're definitely going to want to be in the higher end of that suggested bid range. After you've been established, you have the reviews, you've got organic rank, then I start to figure out the bid price based on profitability and what we can do with that. Um, that's how, I guess that's where the, the different phases that I usually go with are. A very easy way, if you're not getting impressions, a very easy way to find out why is to look at that suggested bid range. And if you're under that low piece, that, that very low... Uh, um, excuse me, the minimum suggested bid range. That's why you're not getting impressions. Amazon doesn't feel like you're bidding enough. Uh, here's something, a question, like say somebody's launching a new product and they're not sure what the PPC cost is going to be. Mm. Do you have a, you know, weight that you're You can kind of test that out or see what you should expect and whether or not you'll be profitable with a product or. Well, there is, so there is, and there isn't. So if you, and this is a, this is something that I have, tested, but it's not always true, but it does give you a really good idea of kind of how you can do this. If you're brand new to Amazon and you're saying, you know, I, I just want to figure out how much I'm going to spend for what, um, I've always said in the past, if you cap your spend, you're going to cap your sales. It's always what happens. If you're going to cap your spend, you're going to cap your sales. Um, but what you can do is go into campaign builder, put the keywords in that you want to advertise on, add them to a, a draft campaign, take a look at what those suggested bid ranges are, take each of those, multiply them by what you think you're going to convert on. So are you going to convert in 10 clicks, 15 clicks, 20 clicks? Um, and then how much are you going to give that per day? So looking at how much is going to cost you per conversion based on the uh, suggested bid range that they're giving you. I usually just go off the mid range of that. Um, let's say, I'm looking at a newish product, it's probably going to be like 15 to 18 because it doesn't have a lot of reviews. Mm -hmm. It's going to need some more clicks to get going with that. Um, take whatever that is, multiply it by that, and then say, okay, do I want to give this enough to convert if this works? Do I want to give it enough to convert one time, two times, three times a day? Because um, if you're looking at 20 clicks, uh, 20 clicks for a conversion, it's a $2 CPC on average for the suggested bid range. That's going to be $40 just to get you one conversion. That that campaign is going to have to at least have a $40 budget. Do you want more than that per day? That's probably what it's going to take until that conversion rate starts to get better. So that's okay. kind of the formula that I use um, just in a an estimation way, because that's going to tell you what you're going to have to spend initially for those to get traffic. Yeah, that's, I mean, I think I think that's the one thing that people forget to calculate when they're calculating, when they're trying to, you know, uh, start a new product or starting to sell on Amazon is they completely forget about the pay-per-click part. Uh, Agreed. And so I think, and they think a, it's like, a, I think a lot of them come into it with a, oh, I only have to spend 10% of my sales to get there. And I'm like, but if you haven't started yet, 10% is zero. So you're going to have to allot some money to get that going unless you have a magic genie of external traffic that's going to build up your organic and you have an amazing email list and a lot of brand yeah. loyalty, you really need that, that Amazon PPC to help you build. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's an interesting, interesting thing that, uh, but that's a really good strategy. So thank you for yep. that. Um, somebody else streets of Ontario says if I have a keyword in exact match, is it better to negate it from phrase match? Why or why not? Uh, I, if it's a keyword that's converted, I don't negate it anywhere. 
if you've pulled it out of somewhere else, a uh, search term report or something, and you've put it as exact match, I always leave it because you might get it cheaper in that, fra- in that phrase match campaign. It might pull a little bit cheaper from there than the exact match. And you want the sales regardless of where you're going to get them because the ranking is going to help you either way. Um, so that's not something that I do. If I'm, if I have a keyword that's an exact match that's not converting, if it's relevant but not converting, I might negate that as an exact match in that campaign. But if it has something within there that is not ever going to be relevant, then I would do that just that word as a phrase match. So I'm not negating everything okay. else in that phrase that's relevant for mine. Very good. All right. If I cannot afford the suggested lowest bid price for a keyword, even though that might be relevant for my product, I have to skip this keyword and need to find i.e. a cheaper long tail keyword. Yes. Correct. Yeah. So uh, I would do that. And then I would start going after competitors that have um, the same price range as you within $5 ish. um, And then also go after about $5 ish and a lower star rating than you have. That's usually how I kind of niche down um, um, competitors when I'm going after product targeting. Okay, very nice. All right. So I want to get into some advanced tactics. So what are some advanced tactics or features within Amazon PPC that um, that experienced sellers can leverage to gain some, you know, competitive advantage if they want to just take it to the next level? What what do you recommend there? I, I really do recommend these single key phrase campaigns, these single keyword campaigns that you really want to dominate on. Give them enough budget, go after them, take it with the top of search. If you know you're converting on them. I mean, really, really go after that, really win that over and then take over multiple spots once you have the historical data. Um, I know that a lot of people, uh, there was a there's a Twitter thread that went around, I think about two years ago or a year ago that I swear 50 people sent it to me and they're like, you have to see this. This thing is crazy. He shut off all his Amazon ads. And I said, well, yeah. He, and I and I won't name who it is, but oh, I remember this. this oh, thread. yeah, yeah. They're in they're in Target and they're in Walmart and they have their own website and they have all of this mm-hmm. brand loyalty following where they already have the organic rank for it. They don't need their PPC. Yeah. This is not applicable to ninety nine point nine percent of sellers on Amazon. Yes. Like the fact that they put that out there, and then I had all of these, you know, their mid range accounts, great products and everything, but I was like. This will not work for you. Everything in your account will die if we shut this off. Yeah. Um, I, I don't suggest going after things like that. You really need to look at when you're taking advice or strategy advice from another buyer, look at the level of their account, look at their category. Like if it's something similar to that, that's just crazy. Um, but I really believe, you know, if you want to take over a keyword and you want that organic rank and you want to own it, sponsored brand headline, really get the uh, the sponsored products, top spots there, sponsored brand video at the bottom. Um, they also have the sponsored brand video that's driving to the storefront now. Have you seen that yet? That's taking over the headline search. Oh, I don't, I don't know if I've seen it. It is. So sponsored brand video has opened up to storefront traffic. So you can drive to the storefront now rather than the product detail page. These are appearing in place of the headline ads. So they're actually the first Mm. thing that you're seeing to go to the store, which is super interesting because it's not showing three products now. It's just showing the one with the video, but they are going to your store so they can see your whole catalog. Um, I really foresee Amazon starting to expand their store coverage and ads for the stores. Mm. Um, I think it's going to be really, really big for brands. So another strategic thing you do is really make your storefront um, unique, authentic, and all Mm -hmm. about what you're offering. Um, I think storefronts, for the most part, are somewhat looked over at the beginning because it's not a, they really want to get that product out there and get that product sold. Um, But 
the storefronts, I think are going to start becoming a lot bigger because you can drive so much more traffic to them. You can get those multi-unit purchases. You can get repeat buyers once they really like your stuff. Um, and it's really a good way to show your consumer that you are an authentic brand. You care about your products and really kind of portray that through uh, your visuals and your creatives there. Wow. Do you, can you think of like a, a store that you've seen on Amazon that you think was a really good example? Um, I'm always trying to look for good examples of, uh, of stores. Sometimes I go to the store and it's like one little picture and maybe yeah. one tab. And then others, they have this beautiful, you know, mm-hmm. these beautiful infographics and videos and I can't really like a off, website. Yeah. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but I will tell you that if you just put, I, I mean, I could, I could come up with some terrible ones, but I could just give you <laughs> examples of what, have how they build them. Yeah. The product grid, don't use the product grid. The product grid okay. is terrible unless it is at the bottom of the page. So if okay. you're if, if you're just trying to add variations to the bottom of the page, go ahead and put those down there. But what you really want to do with your store is on that first page, highlight your hero product, highlight your number one seller, and then really give the creatives and the images like the chance to sell that. It's mm-hmm. like have it be used in real life. Really put the consumer in the situation where they would want or need that and they can see themselves using it. I think that's the biggest thing rather than just using the the product square and it's this and here's the price and that's it. And you can scroll through the product images, but those really don't tell you anything. I really think like expanding those lifestyle images, showing the product in use is huge for these. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's interesting because you can actually do the stores yourself. Um, and it's pretty easy to just kind of, they have these little templates that you can literally yeah. drag and drop and, uh, and do it, do it yourself if you want to start trying things out. And then you can get, you know, some graphic designers from Fiverr to help you out, but definitely it's such a great place to really showcase your, your products. And, uh, mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. I think that people have been kind of sleeping on that and a lot of brands that I'll click on their brand name, it's mm-hmm. literally just either their products Yep. Or, uh, or they've not even built the storefront and it just takes you to like the, the search for their brand name. Or if they, or it doesn't even take you to their products. It'll be all their competitors products when you click on their brand name too. Absolutely. So, um, haven't done a store. Yeah. It's really, it's not, not too, too difficult to, to put together a store, but, um, you know, a lot of people do hire professionals to do it, but I personally did our store myself. Um, so, uh, it's I've definitely built, doable. I've built many do a store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And people are always like, Oh, how'd you learn? I'm like, I just, you got to get in there and just do it. You know? Yeah. The, it's not the, the best way to do it is look at your competitors and see who you like, or even not your direct competitors, but look for a really good brand name of something that you purchase yourself, something that you like a product that you trust or a brand you really trust. What does their storefront look like? Yeah. You don't maybe you don't necessarily want to copy obviously their images, but if you want to look at their templates and the way that they've got it built out, and if it mm-hmm. looks really eye appealing, it's super easy to build with an Amazon. I mean, Amazon yeah. for as big as it is, it is very simplistic tech wise when it comes to building out stuff. Yeah, um, if you only got one product, build out subpages for different things that you're using for it. The other piece of this is your virtual bundles. Make sure your virtual bundles are on the appropriate pages for those products because you Ah. can use those in sponsored brands too, as long as they're in your storefront. They're not in your storefront, you can't use them. And that's the only place you can get ads for those virtual bundles right now. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That's a... Oh, somebody, uh, Shivali, she's a, she's a helium 10 girl that I work with. Awesome. <laughs> uh, she's an evangelist as well. Um, so she says, true, I'm launching a new brand at the moment and looking forward to conveying brand values through the storefront, hoping it hits home with consumers. Yeah, yeah. I do think it is. I so. think it's huge. And I think, um, showing, showing the consumer that it's not a, um, 
that it's not necessarily Amazon that they're buying from because I, that's really the general assumption of most consumers is that they're buying from Amazon and they're buying from you know, Jeff Bezos and that's what it is. Um, yeah. But it's a lot of small businesses. So every time, you know, I have friends and family who talk to me about Amazon and, you know, they're like, oh, Amazon, da, da, da. I'm like, you bought this from a private seller. Like, I know you yeah. don't realize that, but this is a different company. Amazon didn't produce this thing. They're not running this. You're buying from like an actual small business, whether yep. you realize it or not <laughs> most of the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just trying to like, I'm always trying to like educate people and um, see if I can get them on board with understanding a little bit more Same of it. Here. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a different beast in Amazon. And the, the overall assumption is that it is just Amazon. It's a big store and there's not a lot of personality to it. So if you can convey those things through your storefront and through your A plus content and all of that, yeah. it's super helpful because I think it really makes a connection with the consumer where they trust your product in, and they know that they're getting something of quality or they know that they're working yeah. with people, you know, who care about what they're doing. Yeah. I think that's really key is it, it conveys quality because when I'm, I shop a lot on Amazon, I buy most stuff off of Amazon. And when the listing doesn't have that added kind of the A plus content or just nice photos, mm -hmm. I don't really trust that it's a good supplier because you know, really, if you really care about your products, you're going to put effort into putting, mm -hmm. you know, into your photos, into, you know, what you're doing on your listing and on yep. your storefront. Yep. So I usually assume like if they haven't put that much effort into it, I generally assume it's mass produced and it's probably of low quality, um, that they're just trying to put it out there to sell a high quality of it just to yeah. get them going. Um, I really love, and, and working with Amazon for as long as I have, I shop a little bit differently than most. Um, but I really think that like, you know, if you go to it, if you go to, if you're shopping or something and you're going to a small boutique, you're looking for stuff of quality. You're looking for something that you're not going to have to take back or send back. So I think that that's kind of rolling over to Amazon a little bit more than it was previously, where everybody used to be looking for deals. Don't get me wrong. It's Prime Day. Everybody's still mm -hmm. looking for deals. You know, you have to have yeah, yeah, price competitively. Um, but I think that you can really, you can really showcase your authenticity and the quality of your product in the different avenues and channels that Amazon is um, providing to you, which I think is awesome. So ABC yeah. content, storefront, your video ads, they're really giving you more opportunities to show a customer who you are. Yeah. Well, and on the storefront, that's where people can follow you too yes. for Amazon posts. Yep. So you can even, you know, reach them even more. So mm -hmm. that's pretty much the end of our show. So I just wanted to say thank you again for coming on. Um, if somebody wants to get in contact with you um, because they really liked what you know, you've been saying on here, yeah. how can somebody contact you after this? Uh, so you can contact me at melissa at profitablepineapple.com. So that's my email address. It's the best way to get a hold of me. Okay. Um, I work with, I've been working with Profitable Pineapple team for a few months and I've known quite a few of the members now for years. Um, so if you want to get a hold of me, that's probably the best way. If you have any follow-up questions, I'm always happy to offer it. Um, one of my passions with working with Amazon is... Um, really helping consumer or helping sellers build their businesses and seeing success with it. Um, having all of this knowledge is no good to me. I don't have a brand. <laughs> I've only ever helped people build theirs. Oh, so um, yeah, that's, that's really my, my passion for working with Amazon is helping people navigate all of that and learn as much as they can through what I've already learned. Very good. Well, thank you. So, yeah. So, um, your email address and then are you on LinkedIn at all or I am on LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I think it's, uh, my, the last part of it's like melissa.davis515. Um, but it's, uh, Melissa Davis. You can find me on LinkedIn too. Okay. And thanks again, everyone for joining and asking questions and, uh, and thanks again, Melissa. And yeah, another person absolutely. said 
he appreciates you too. It was great to meet you and thank you everybody else for coming on. I much appreciate the questions. Yeah. Nice to meet you and we'll see you later. Sounds good.